We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another Buzz Beat. This is Richie, and I am joined by Darian, aka Trust the Buzz, for another post game episode following the Chicago Bulls game. The Hornets lost this game in the United Center 104 91. On today's episode, we will briefly recap the game, talk about some players, chat about the way the Hornets have been listing their injuries, and uh, maybe some trade stuff. We'll, we'll talk about anything and everything. And if you are joining on YouTube or any of our other video platforms, you guys can always submit questions or comments in the chat. And if we need to, we can address those as well. Darian, welcome back. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's going okay. I mean, it's <laughs> as okay as a Hornets fan can be. We just found out our uh, one national televised game is next week is, has been taken away from us. So it's just it's just not a good time to be a Hornets fan right now. To be honest, I didn't even realize we had a nationally televised game. The only reason I remembered it was because I remember it being a big deal about Wimby and Brandon Miller. So that was like the only reason I even had that in the back of my mind. But of course, I mean, I don't blame them, but it's just it's just that type of that type of season. Yeah, that game should still be fun with those two. And obviously they played in, in summer league as well. But uh, I guess the national audience doesn't care too much about the Spurs and the Hornets. So <laughs> we are going to get into this game real quickly. The final score, as I mentioned, 104-91. It was very much like a mid-90s NBA basketball feel to it. Slog. Both teams didn't shoot the ball well, more so from Charlotte's end. And uh, a lot of mid-range attempts. I think both teams were kind of forced into that. But I think Chicago and Charlotte just naturally like to shoot there anyway. I think the deciding factor for this game, just kind of looking back on it, was just the lack of bench production on the offensive side of the court for Charlotte because they do have a depleted team. The The Bulls did outscore Charlotte from the bench and the fast break opportunities that Chicago turned into points. I do want to start with Brandon Miller. I know he had a rough game. Final stat line was nine points, three rebounds, one assist. And what I'm going to do before I pass it over to you is kind of start with a concern that I saw in this game and then and end with the positive. But, you know, it's not something that's anything like brand new. I, I mean, I think there's a couple examples in this game that I wanted to highlight with the issue that I've been seeing before. Um, and it was really on two very similar looking shots, two, two similar attempts. 
he had like two of these missed leaning shots just inside the paint. The first one came in the first quarter where he had like a very nice like step through move where there was some contact, but it was a nice move to get by his man. He just misjudged it and it was short. And most of the contact came on his side or from behind him because he was not like face to face with the defender. And then the second one came in the third quarter where there was more, I guess there was more contact on this one, but again, it was more contact on the side and there wasn't so much of a contest from the front. And the reason I bring this up is that he does have some nice finesse moves. He has some nice jabs, nice pumps and step throughs. But as we've seen before, Darian, if he is pushed off balance, Miller doesn't always withstand the contact the best and it, and it throws him off. So, you know, what, what did you see from Miller in this game? And how do you think Miller, as he's working with lesser talent now because of all the depleted uh, roster with all the injuries, how do you think that's going to affect his game you know, you know, over the next couple of weeks as we expect some players to come back? But obviously, he's still going to be playing with Mensa and Nick Richards and Nick Smith Jr. and uh, these guys that are not really drawing in the attention of opposing defenses. Yeah, so to your first point, I remember, and not to maybe rehash something you've more than likely said on here before, but I know that in the past you have been like an advocate for saying that Brandon Miller does struggle with contact. Um, we know that you know a lot of people say it could be because of the mono he had in the summer, uh, so therefore he just never was able to quite use that time as you would hope. So uh, we've heard Gordon Hayward talk about how important being able to you know, work out and rehab and whatever you may need to do during the summer is. So the fact that he missed that it or it affected it, um, that could be that could be something that happens. But yeah, he he just really struggles with with contact. I'm not quite sure. I mean, if you watch his film from Alabama, it wasn't too many times he really even had to run into contact. Also, it's college basketball, so of course it's not the same uh play styles, but still he just didn't have to face it as much as he's facing it here. I think um like if we go back all the way to the Pistons game, uh, seeing the contact he was getting there, uh, because I think as a team, we just don't handle contact well for the most part. But I think it affects him just a little more. His t- his uh, handling isn't as tight as you would want it to be. It's a little loose. I will say it does feel a little more fluid, but it has to get better before you can really see like the fluidity of it. Right now, it looks kind of clunky. Um I don't know if he'll ever have like extremely tight handles because I know people are like advocating for him to be the two, but I, I don't know. I, I hope it works out, but I, I'm just not quite sure on it yet. But I do feel like just the the bumping he he constantly is getting, uh, just all of that is just it's it's tough for him. It's going to be an adjustment period. Um, I mean, to be honest, and this is just spitballing here, you know, you are also practicing against the Hornets, you know, when you go into practice, and we're not a very physical team. So so that could be part of you're not seeing those looks in practice because we don't play defense that way. Uh, so I, I don't I'm not I'm not saying that's the reason, but I'm just saying that I just wouldn't be surprised that these all these elements kind of add up to kind of the product we're seeing from him as far as just him struggling through contact. I think he'll fit. I think he'll fix it. I mean, he has the tools to do so. And I know that's something a lot of people say about someone who may not be performing well. Now you hope they perform later. They're like, Oh, he has the tools. And I, and I, and I say that, but I really do believe it. He has the height. Um, I do feel like with a little more muscle, I think it'll just come naturally, but it also is a little bit of a mindset thing. You, you know, a guy's going to hit you, you know, a guy going to put their weight on you, especially if, you know, we're getting more and more film on, well, if you're the other team, you're getting more and more film on him, uh, just saying, 
Oh, because if, if you know it, then I know the Bulls know it. I know, you know, the Heat know it. I know those teams know it. So they're just going to continue to give him those looks. So it's really just a matter of let's get the mindset first because the body weight, the the, the muscle, that's not going to come overnight. But a mindset thing is something we can build right now and slowly, slowly work our way until he gets the muscle. So I think it's also he's got to be able to handle the mental part of that, of knowing he's going to get hit, knowing that people are going to put their weight on him or whatever the case may be. Because it's not just when he's handling. It's not just when he goes up to a shot. We see it on defense as well that just the physicality of the game kind of throws him off. And then to your point about the lesser talent, I feel bad for him. I really do. Um, I think the biggest thing with that is one thing to think about is that for me, at least, I feel like the Hornets drafted Brandon Miller as a look. He's a rookie. We do, you know, we're 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 grading him on what he can be in the future. But also, as far as a rookie, he's perfect. He's a plug and play type of guy. He he's exactly what we need. It's not like we have to go get Kelly Oubre and pay him a certain amount of money. We have to go pay someone like Josh Richardson or something like that. We can draft a rookie who, yes, we want him to be Paul George. We want him to be Brandon Ingram or whoever. But his rookie year, I they they evaluated him as a plug and play guy. Like you can plug him in three and D, you know, and go from there. But with the roster depleted, I think it makes him look worse. And as a, and it's also he's it's as a rookie. So I just feel as though it's just going to be a, continue to be a struggle for him until we can see the full team. And I know that's something we've said. You can say that for almost any player on our team, and we've been saying that for four years. But it, I feel bad for him because he does have to kind of operate a little differently because we're seeing – I can't remember what game it was, but it was a, it was one of the last two games where he was like the main – the offense was going through him consistently. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're seeing he's doing different looks, but I think the whole – thought process of this was that one of course we wouldn't have so many injuries but two brandon miller would just be able to just come into the game and just play basketball and with the injuries and just with the team just not being quite frankly good it has not panned out that way so um it's, it's just gonna i mean it's only gonna he's probably might get worse before it gets better because we don't know what's going on with Lamelo. but that's kind of what i feel about that i, I feel bad for him um, but he's going to have to work through it because eventually, I mean, this is kind of what we see for him, kind of running the offense through him at times, kind of having him be the main guy. Uh, I just think this year they thought it would be a lot more healthier and he could just hop in the game and play. But, yeah, with Nick Richards, who I am just not a fan of, but with Nick Richards, Nathan Mintz, who I actually like, but, of course, he's also a rookie as well, Nick Smith Jr., it's just not going to be easy for Brandon Miller to really – uh, just command the floor as because when we were kind of healthy, it was like, oh, okay, he is a play. We just give him the ball, he can do what he do. So I think that's kind of where we are right now with Brandon Miller. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's almost like he has to get up shots sometimes with, you know, not in the flow of the game. Like he's forcing shots because he knows other guys can't get up points. I think with LaMelo out, Rozier is still going to get the, the big chunk of the ball handling duties. But we will see an up usage of pick and roll, middle of the court, on ball duties from Brandon Miller. And even though I highlighted like two negative plays, there was one of his earlier makes in the game before his shooting kind of went just completely downhill where he did have like this hardworking, smooth jumper where he was running off an Iverson screen, going through bodies, like this side to side action. And then he just kind of calmly pulls up from like 18 feet on the baseline. And like when you watch that, like it just looks exhausting for him to run off screens then get the ball in his hands, then try to break down his defender. And I just feel like we're going to see a lot of that in the next handful of games, which is not really what we signed up for with Brandon Miller. I think he can do it on occasion, uh, but for him to have the ball in his hands this much and to do all of the ball handling duties when Rozier doesn't have the ball, like it, it does get exhausting to the point to where like, wow, like he's, he's expending a lot of energy and he's not a guy that's kind of built for that. So, We'll, we'll see how it does, you know, moving forward. Shifting over to Miles Bridges, he was prob- no, not probably, he was the best player for the Hornets tonight. He scored the first six of eight points for the Hornets. Uh, did a little bit of everything, turnaround shots, driving shots, baseline jumpers, step back threes, catch and shoot threes. Like, he certainly has that variety in his game. And I think in the first half probably was the better half, like 7-11 from the field in the first half, game high, 17 points. Uh, after those first 24 minutes and then at the end of it all he finished with 28 points five rebounds two assists and like I said his three-point shot was falling tonight but like, what are your overall thoughts on Bridges not, I mean not just in this game but more importantly moving forward how do you feel about like retaining him and kind of everything that surrounds him if you if you catch my drift mm-hmm. yeah so taking and this sounds crazy but taking him out the equation, I think that the Hornets should kind of maybe look elsewhere just because of the fact that I'm an advocate for we've tried this long enough. And it's not all Miles Bridges' fault. I mean, of course, there's some things that <laughs> makes it a little easier, but as far as to be like, okay, we'll remove ourselves from him. But it's not all his fault. But I feel like the Hornets are in just in a situation where the only way I can see us getting out or having hope is that we kind of re- completely rebuild. Now I know it sounds crazy because you know Lamella Ball and his extension, so it's, it's not going to be a straight up rebuild. But I feel like we've been kind of patching things up, and I think we're still going to be looking to do that. I think the new owners are still going to they might do it a better way, and we may get better results. But I feel like we're still going to be patching and not really addressing. Okay, let's actually fix this team and have this team built to be something. And I know it's not going to happen at all in one off season, but that's kind of how I feel. But adding him back and being a little more realistic about it, as far as retaining him, I, I think it's probably the right thing to do. 
it's one of those things where, and on, maybe on a greater scale, but last year I felt we had to keep PJ. It really wasn't because I thought PJ was this great player, even though I, I will say I thought he was better than what he's been giving us so far. And unfortunately, he got injured in this game. But oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I thought it would be a little better than what we're getting, but it was also more of the fact that we can't we can't afford to just lose him for nothing. And so i rather you re-sign the player and then at least do and make something work later. Now, the problem is we're the Hornets. We don't really – we really don't do the second part of that where we do something later and do the trade or whatever. But it's just hopeful because if we lost them for nothing, we really would have been in trouble. Uh, so I, I that's kind of how I feel about Miles Bridges. Except, uh, you know, there's a lot more to lose and a lot more to gain, uh, depending on how you look at it. Because if you lose him, you may not get – it's possible you could lose him for absolutely nothing. But you, if you gain him and you do what you're supposed to do and put the players around him and LaMelo and Brandon Miller, you might actually get something out of that. Um, it's just a matter of you have to make that work because I already felt like Horn is bringing him back after what happened last offseason was scary because of just the, the, the magnitude of the situation. But also part of me was like, it's the Hornets. We're just not prepped to handle that type of – and, and I don't think they've done a bad job. I don't think they've done a great job either. But I felt like there was other organizations. Because some people were like, well, if the Hornets don't get them, another team will grab. And that's right. 100% true. I, I never thought anybody that said that was wrong. But I do feel like there was other teams that could probably handle the entire situation better. Um, I mean, I guess for the Hornets, since the team so bad, a lot of people forgot how the situation has been handled. So maybe that doesn't matter. But as far as like what's on the court, I think you have to keep them. Where I don't know where else you're going to get that kind of talent from. The only thing I would ask of Miles Bridges is to continue to focus on the type of player he is. I feel like he has all the tools to be a lot better defensively. I think we've heard two. I think two years ago and this year he was like, "I want to be an uh, not an all-time right. defender, but an all NBA defender type defender. I know I can be." I think Steve Clifford may have touched on it as well, and he has it when he's locked in. It's, it, I see I see the potential. I, he's not like he's actively doing that, but I see the potential. It's just sometimes he takes plays off or sometimes he even takes games off where he just doesn't defend, and you're like, oh, Miles, you're just so much better than that. So it, it's just going to be tough. Offensively, I think his game is there. I think he was just going through a slump. Um, also, you got to you know worry about Terry and you know LaMelo. He's got to play with all these guys who need the ball. But really, I'm looking for – the defensive side, because as of right now, there's nowhere else where you can possibly get that kind of molded defender on this team. I mean, with Brandon Miller, you're hoping for it. Um, Cody Martin, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. He could end up being traded. If he does stay, okay, that's fine. But still, you need more than one of those guys. So I really just need Miles to buy on the defensive end to make me feel better about it overall. But if we're just being completely realistic, I I don't see how you can kind of go into the offseason and not look to retain him, not do whatever you can to retain him. Yeah, you wonder how the new owners feel about him because things are going to start to change real quickly. There's a comment here in the uh, the YouTube where it says Mitch needs to go and Mitch is is probably going to go. So like new GM, new owners, like they've got to have a certain feelings about bridges and you're exactly right about the defensive side. Like he has all the physical tools. Like there's no, there is no reason why he shouldn't be like, you know, above average, average defender at worst with all these physical tools, athleticism, 
Like there was one play in this game where I was like, wow, like that's a very good defensive contest on on Zach Levine. There was this one time where like Levine got him up in the air and he almost fouled him, but he came back down and had that second jump to get back up and, and to contest him. So you see the athleticism, you see you see the physical tools, but a lot of the mental aspect with the defensive side of the court just doesn't come to him as as easily. And I've always theorized that like he's been so used to playing basketball with his athletic ability sometimes being taught the game and kind of working through it when you're not athletic, you have to know like the ins and outs and the angles and the timing and all that stuff. Like he's, he's been able to basically just live off of that power, athleticism, all that type of stuff. And it's gotten to this point, but NBA level requires a different level of thinking there. So yeah, Mitch Kupchak definitely needs to go. And I think the new GM has got to figure things out. The problem becomes, like you said, he's an expiring contract. So if you if you are thinking about moving away from him, it would make sense to start to field offers for trades. Right. And I have, I have a question. So how do you feel about whether – do you think it matters when Mitch, Mitch Kupchak goes? As far as – I know some people are saying do it right now. We do it right now. Some guy can come in and have time to prepare before the trade deadline because I would assume a new GM, they they would probably have an idea about the NBA talent. They, If anything, they would probably evaluate the Hornets. So how do you feel about Mitch Kupchak getting let go now or as, a, as opposed to the end of the season? To me, I, we just it's so rare that it happens during the season. That's kind of where I lean. But I do get people's point. Like if you're going to do something and this team desperately needs change, I mean, I get do it now, and like they say, uh, let somebody else come in, get at least a little bit of time before the trade deadline. The longer you wait, the harder it is to do so. But it's just it doesn't happen. GMs don't change during the season like that. So we just may have a, another uneventful trade deadline, or if we do trade, it's I it's not going to be the prettiest thing. But I just want to know your opinion. Like, does it matter? I mean, it matters in the sense that I think it would be better if they could make a change now mm-hmm. instead of waiting because we know the history of Mitch Kupchak. But to your point, the history shows that, you know, first off, it's not going to be very effective to have a job search in the middle of the year. Like, I don't know how that would work uh, with other teams mm-hmm. and trying to reach out to, to general managers or assistant general managers and try to bring them over to Charlotte. Like, I don't know how that works logistically. So, I mean, in theory, yes, that they should kind of move on from quicker rather than later because we think, or at least I think that he's going to be inactive again. I, I don't, if I had to put money on whether a trade happens or doesn't happen, I, I, I lean towards not happening. It's just, I mean, maybe a minor trade, but nothing to shake things up. I'm almost scared for him to trade. Cause like, if he does, cause like, and really just really quick, Mason Plumley wasn't this all-star player, but considering we gave up a pick to get rid of him was kind of, it was just kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. It was. It was just like I'd rather just keep keep them if, if that's the. I mean, I know we got something back, but it's almost like I, I'll just maybe just let the season ride out with him. But yeah, it's almost scary because like, okay, let's say he does what everybody wants him to do and trade Terry. But if he trades Terry for nothing, then it's kind of like ah, well, I've been better off waiting to the off season. Real quick before we kind of move on to the next segment. I thought Kobe White was awesome tonight. I love Kobe White. Are you a, you a Tar Heel fan? Yeah, yeah. But I, I do, like, I'm not – I didn't overly defend him. Like, when he first came in, I was like, he shot a little sporadic, which he did at UNC. But 
I think is seeing him come into his game. I, I really like his game now. I think he I think he's found himself. Uh, I mean, he's still got a little searching to go, but I think he at least has the basis down, which was kind of what he was struggling with to me um, so far in his NBA career. Yeah, I mean, tonight he was scoring from everywhere on the court. He was drawing <laughs> fouls, and he certainly turned a corner this season. I think, obviously, this is his best of his career. But I also thought he made Terry Rozier work on the opposite end. Like, he may only have, like, three inches on Terry Rozier, but I feel like Rozier struggles when he's going up against bigger guys, especially when Rozier is on the ball. Like, if he's off the ball and he can come off screens, like, mm-hmm. I feel like he can maneuver to where that's where his strength is and he can get open that way. But if he's trying to penetrate inside the paint and then, you know, you can't really get anywhere besides side to side, you know, Chicago overall, like, was forcing a lot of side to side action. And and Rozier, like, if you look at his final line in terms of his points, you know, 15 points is not great, but, like, his shooting just wasn't great. And he missed, like, his first five or six shots from the game. And I think – white did affect him on that end just because he has a little bit more size and maybe the hair gave him you know one more <laughs> and they kept trying to and I maybe it was in the third quarter but they kept trying to get the switch trying to get Kobe white to get off and he just would not leave he would not leave Terry um at, at, at certain points so I thought that was to your point a good just a good job of him just being locked in and that's something I say that I look for a lot of hornets because People say like, oh, well, you know, that's not their game to be a good defender. Well, I always use active defender. Just try that. It, it goes a long way. It really does. And I think we saw that tonight with Kobe White. All right, let's get into the next segment of the episode. And I, I feel like you have stronger feelings about this than I do. And I think that a lot of people in the Hornets community uh, feel a certain way about this. It's the injury reports that the Hornets training staff and the Hornets PR have been putting out and how they seem to me, or at least to some people, a little bit misleading. For example, Mark Williams is probably the biggest example this season who has missed like 13 straight games, like Mm -hmm. including tonight. And he was one that had been listed like as questionable, questionable, questionable for like two straight weeks. And then right before the game, it was always switched to out. And this was something that was consistently happening over and over again. And so obviously the, the injuries are very frustrating to have these constant rotating door of injuries on the Hornets roster. That's, that's obviously a constant theme that we've had to deal with the past few years. But the question, I guess the bigger question is, do you feel like, how, how do you feel about how the Hornets have handled the reporting of the injuries? And do you feel like they've been purposely misleading? Like, What's their end game here? Why they do this? Do you do you have a, a theory? No, and that's kind of the part that makes me because you were saying like I, I may feel stronger, and that and that could be true, but it's because I, I just don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is because to me, it's like who are you fooling? As far as like, because I know I've known like teams in the past. If I'm trying to just think of a random name like LeBron, he, I know that's a bad example because he doesn't miss games like that. But LeBron, they'll be like, "Oh, he's questionable. He's questionable. He's questionable." So you're you're as a team as the opposing team, you're like, "Okay, we got a game plan for LeBron." And then last second, out. All right, well, he kind of you're still throwing off your game because you were kind of preparing for LeBron, but now you had these other guys and you know all these things. So, but we're the Hornets, so it's like who who we're not really fooling anybody that way. Um, I think another thing is. Another well, yeah. Another point is, I'm just not sure like how it's being perceived. I think some people are saying like, "Oh, well, it the Hornets aren't obligated to tell y'all who." And it's I completely understand, 
But it's just kind of like the optics of it. We're not a good team. We've had injury history. We had injury issues for years now. Uh, Cody Martin was a sore knee, and then all of a sudden out for a year and a half. <laughs> and, like, and, it, and I mean, they when it was necessary, they updated it. But it took he was gone for what twenty games before they even said, okay, his knee's actually he had surgery or something. So. It's just it's just weird, and I don't. I guess I just don't understand the point of it. It could be because I'm not someone who's like tapped in into the Hornets or other teams or anything like that, and so maybe I just don't understand. That just could be how it goes. But a couple of weeks ago, I went on a social media platform of every Eastern Conference uh, team, okay. and I looked at how they handled their injuries, and it was just completely different. Now, some people still did wonky stuff, and in fact, we just saw the Nets get in trouble, so it's not like the Hornets are the bottom of the barrel, because that would just be icing on the cake for us if we got in trouble with messing with our injury report, but I guess I just don't see, I don't see the end game, and that's kind of the confusing part. They gave that really good update about LaMelo that one time, and then we haven't heard anything since. Um, I've seen LaMelo do workouts and run around and shoot before the game, but it's all from fans. I haven't seen anything from the Hornets posting like oh he's getting ready just anything uh so it's just it's just weird i i just don't quite understand it same thing with mark williams as you mentioned his back was hurting he missed the game then he comes back and then since then he's been gone and it's like okay i get he could have re-injured his back but re-injured it to the point where he's missed 13 straight games it's like it, and the thing is, if it's more than a back contusion, if it if it's worse, then just say that. Uh, Gordon Hayward's wife made a point. Uh, was that last year? I think was, that I, was last year. Okay, I was the one that that stumbled upon that. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. and she was saying essentially this. She was because I know some people are like, oh, they're faking injuries, and she was like, no, that's not what's happening. It's just they're not as descriptive probably as they should be, and it probably was a lot of that was people were probably being rude about Gordon Hayward and his injury and the Hornets put, I, I don't remember the injury, but hurt pinky and he actually had a broke, you know, broken, you know what I mean? So that I, think I would so be frustrated too. Right. Yeah. It was a shoulder. Yeah. So I would be frustrated too. If you're as a team, just knowing the optics of it, like Gordon Hayward's always hurt. You're putting a minor injury, but the injury he has is actually pretty big. It's a pretty, it's it's an injury that he actually needs to sit home and maybe recover from, as opposed to the injury you posted, which is something that you know to the blind eye would be like, oh, that's okay. He might miss a game or two, but why is he missing three weeks all of a sudden? So it's just that's kind of just where I feel it's inconsistent. I don't see the end game of it, and on top of it, all of that, we're not good. It's just so it's like you can be honest with us. It, 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 at least give us something. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't understand what the end game is either like it, it's misleading but i don't know what the reason is for it like are they trying to gain some kind of advantage over the opponent i can't i can't see that being the reason are they trying to give fans some hope that mark williams is playing tonight like i, I don't i don't think fans are that dumb like i just find it hard to believe that mark williams is going to be questionable have this 50 50 chance of playing for two weeks straight and then just kind of be ruled out at the last minute. Like, and we never seen him, at least me, I should say, me. I've never seen him work like how we're seeing LaMelo run around and work out before the game. I haven't seen Mark Williams do any of that. I went, so, to, I went to the Denver game and he, he was, he was working out pregame. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I, you know, I couldn't tell, like when they do everything half speed, it's kind of hard to tell, like, if, right, right. The game. And I mean, I know the guy that tweets from the Hornets PR account mm -hmm. 
but I don't think it's him. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Messenger. He's just the messenger. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's, yeah, that's another thing I feel like social media forgets. They think it's like the doctor, team doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they, they must have all the passwords to all their employees. They can just, right. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, Mark Williams is an important piece to this team. And obviously he's missed what 14 games with this low back contusion, whatever that means. And, um, they're definitely missing him. I think they only have one win without him. But, yeah, it it definitely was misleading, and I don't get it. But the funny thing is, you talked about the Nets. The Nets got fined for 100 k for sitting several players, and this is like the NBA's new player participation policy. And I think the Hornets do need to be more clear and transparent because it's almost as if, like, if you're claiming a player is 50-50 for, like, this amount of time, like you almost wonder if the league like would question it. It's like, well, if they're 50 50 for this, you know, amount of time, then, then they could probably play by now or, you know, wh- whatever that time is. And they can't keep getting ruled out at the last second. Yeah. But if you notice the Hornets actually ruled out Mark Williams yesterday as out. Yes. And I, and I very, was like, very much more clear. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I was like, probably because of the net, like the whole net situation. I'm like, oh, let's, let's, let's maybe go ahead and <laughs> get this right. Yeah. So, so also, what, so what? What was your thoughts on the Brandon Miller situation? Because it was he was hit contusion, which I did see that he was limping before what game was it? Kings game, but then Steve Clifford said he caught whatever Terry caught, but then he was okay to play today, and I mean he he did he didn't play his best, so maybe he's still a little sick. It was just weird because hip well, contusion was listed. Steve Clifford literally said he was sick, and both can be true. I'm not saying that, but it was just one of those weird things um, that I just felt as though didn't make that much sense. As similar to Frank Nielakina, I think they made his injury sound like because when I first looked up the injury, I was like, "Oh, I'm seeing six months, seven months," and the Hornets were kind of like, "Oh, well, it might, you know, he might be out two to three months." Yeah, and it's like yeah. I know from what I'm seeing and looking at past injuries, that's a six to seven month injury. Maybe they want to justify keeping him on the team. I don't know. It's just weird. It just doesn't. It that's all it is. It just doesn't make any sense. It seems like it's like they're hiding something. It's almost like Area Fifty One. <laughs> like I don't know There's something going on. Um. Yeah. I no for the Brandon Miller situation. I truly think that both things were happening. I, okay. I mean, did have the hip thing, and maybe he got caught. Like may, maybe Clifford thought he was out because he felt sick, and maybe the team doctors thought he was out because for the hip. Like maybe the hip came first, and the the sickness came second. Right. <laughs> Did Rozier only miss one game because of the sickness? Yeah, it was one game. It, it was just one. Um, yeah, he said he didn't feel well or he was throwing up. That's what he said. He said he was throwing up. All right. Um, I wasn't really planning on talking about this today, but did you see that uh, Jonathan Kaminga the other day says he's lost faith in Steve Kerr? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Do you have any opinion about him in terms of like the player that he is? Like To me, like he's a guy that, I think it was like late November, early December, where I was like a guy that didn't necessarily have a role on the Warriors. And he's a young guy, very, very athletic, like he can get off the floor for alley-oops. And I think probably he can only really score at the rim right now. But I think, you know, with LaMelo, whenever he gets back, like I feel like that combination there could be pretty, pretty potent. Um, he definitely has some limitations because he doesn't have a shot. I think his defense is kind of up and down, but he's at least competent on that end and he, and he competes. But do you have strong thoughts on Kaminga? Would there be a package or would there be something that you'd be willing to give up if if the Warriors were like serious about moving off of him? Yeah, I think 
personally, I think the Hornets should be inquiring on anybody that says they're not happy with their team. Because the way I look at it is like this. Mitch Kupchak likes to mention that oh, we're a small market. It's hard for us to get players, this, that, and the other, which right. somewhat is, is true. Well, if you're the Hornets, uh, a player that's unhappy that but still has stuff to prove in the league, that is that is your market. Like at least for right now, where we stand as an organization, that should be your market. Because wouldn't it be wonderful for Jonathan Kaminga to go to Charlotte, where expectations are low? He does he does well. Let's just say the Hornets made the playoffs. It makes him look really good, as opposed to being on the Warriors. Kind of the team struggling. They're supposed to be this good team. He made, you know what I mean. So I think players like that. And I also saw it wasn't Moses Moody who necessarily said it, but they said his camp is not too happy with the fluctuation of their playing time. Which, if you if you watch, it is weird that they'll just play forty minutes and then they won't play at all. Um, and I know they have their own injuries and Draymond situation, so yeah. that could be part of it, but. Um, and then just their rotation issues in general, just as far as player performance. But I think that should be the Hornets market is young guys who fit, who really do have to prove themselves because nobody is going to just give Kaminga money just because, you know, he's decent. He needs to prove himself. Going to somewhere like Charlotte, I think, will help. Um, I do feel like he has like a little bit of a I'm, – I'm going to say attitude, but I don't mean it in a negative way. But I do – I feel some type of like spirit about him that I think the Hornets need. Uh, I'm a big advocate. I like seeing that from players when players are like, hey, I'm unhappy. Now, granted, you have to deserve the right to say that, and I don't think he's quite gotten there yet. But I understand his frustration, and I think those kind of players should be in the Hornets market. Now, similar to what I was saying earlier about the Miles Bridges situation, are we an organization that can handle players who are openly – because I don't, I can't think of the how often a, a Hornets player has openly said something to the media or to the public about, Hey, I'm not, I'm unhappy. Um, I, I mean, I guess outside of Kai, but so are the Hornets able to handle a situation? You know what I mean? Are they able to handle a situation where a guy, if he's unhappy, he's going to let people know. So that's something you have to think about, especially when we're trying to build something to at least make the playoffs. Like you don't want Kaminga getting upset because he got benched one game because he wasn't playing well or whatever the case may be. So you do have to look for that. But I, I think he'll be a good player. I mean, everything you said was true about his skill set, him being physical, him being athletic. Um, I'll take it. I, I think he has upside. And right now we just need players with upside and players that can be healthy. Um, we And I feel like we can embrace like an evaluation period. I, I've said that if the Hornets do – do some kind of crazy stuff during the trade deadline. I don't think we should just give up and say, okay, let's, you know, let the bench players play. Let's play, let's compete, but then let's use that as a real evaluation period for the pieces we have and to build chemistry with the players who more likely will be here. So uh, all those guys, I you can name anyone that's a young player that has something to prove. And I think the Hornets should take them unless they're supposed they're expecting starting minutes um at the either point guard or center position. Right. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I like him as a young piece as well. I just finding that perfect trade with the Warriors is always a little bit difficult. Yeah, because yeah. it's not really quite sure. What, you're not quite sure what they want, what they're yeah. looking for. They have a weird. They don't really have much. They can give up the young players they have. You would think they want to keep. Right. So it's just yeah. Yeah. Speaking of young players, we'll, we'll end on this. There's been a couple comments here in YouTube about should 
book night be playing at all? So this is coming from Joe. A couple of people saying in the chat, yes, they should be. He should be playing. I, it's funny when he gets in there, he loves to chuck up those shots. And the funny thing is, I feel like he's actually been making, you know, he has, he has like in a little five minute, every time you look at the stat, cause like watching the game, you're just happy. He's in there. I guess he's happy to see him just on the floor. But when you go back and look at the stat, she's like, Oh, he was three or five from those step back threes. Almost like he doesn't care. Like he's like, I'm just gonna put this up. It, it's garbage time. It's like almost like no pressure. And yeah. that's probably why they're going in. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Somebody's saying like to up his trade value, but I feel like it could also go the opposite way. You, you play him, mm-hmm. you know, twenty minutes, it could look bad. Um, it is so weird how certain players get in the doghouse of Steve Clifford, and uh, it seems like it's very hard to get out of that doghouse. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I do think that maybe he should be playing at least a little bit in Greensboro. I think that's a good point here uh, in the chat. You know, get him some run. Maybe he doesn't want to go down to Greensboro. I'm not sure, but it's just so odd that we drafted this guy so high and he's just not producing and some of it is his own fault but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know what to do with that guy yeah i'm i'm very much pro book night um mainly because look where our roster is at so why not that that's really just kind of it it's one of those things i really couldn't give you a good detailed answer i agree with you um he was struggling to kind of when Clifford gave him the minutes, because remember Clifford brought him like when Clifford first got here that was the guy he brought under his wing and they were like did he said waking up early watching film together like they were doing all these things and then just boom he just vanishes uh but yeah i think he should get minutes i can't give you a good reason it's just i mean why not at least get someone out there that can score that's something that's weird about steve clifford's rotations we we're getting dogged and it's just like oh well i'm i still want to see cody martin out there i still want to see gordon hayward out there it's like dude we're down 30 just just put in, just put in. And I think he's been doing it more because we're so depleted. But if we were only missing one or two guys, I think that our the games were getting blown out. He would have the starters in or a good, you know, maybe yeah. starters outside of LaMelo. Yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap here. Uh, this road trip has finally ended. For Thank Charlotte. God. They finished <laughs> one and five. They actually head back home and play the Bulls again on Monday. So they get the weekend off. We wanted to thank everyone who joined live on the Buzz Beat YouTube channel or Trust the Buzz YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys for supporting us. Uh, if you liked a place to chat with us and other Hornets fans, also download the Substack app, which is available on iOS and Android. Search Buzz Beat. There's a chat tab. You guys can join a thread, join conversations that are already going on, present trade ideas, whatever gets your blood flowing. We uh, we appreciate you guys so much. So for Darian. I'm Richie. Take care, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.